0: Welcome back to another episode of the Supermarcado Bros Video Game Music Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. This is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. Great to be back with you guys. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. Today on the podcast, we're going to be spotlighting on one of our favorite video game composers, Kohei Tanaka. This is a
1: Patreon-suggested episode, so we want to thank Tony for your continued support and this was a suggestion that Tony gave us. Uh, you know, just like all these work, he gave us a few options and we got to choose one and when we saw one of his options was Kohei Tanaka, we just had to do this. It's something we've been thinking about doing for a while. You know, Kohei Tanaka is a prolific composer in his own right. He's done some great work for anime that dates back to the mid 80s, uh, for films, for TV and uh, also for video games. And today we're going to be playing a couple of his anime tracks, but most mostly his Video game compositions, and, you know, and he started working in video games in 1990. So he, he did a lot of great stuff that really goes unsung and, and kind of forgotten, really. So we're going to kind of take a look at the evolution
0: of uh, mostly his video game career, and so this is going to be amazing. We've featured a lot of his music in the past from the Gravity Rush series, um, specifically, mm-hmm. but both Carl and myself have been huge fans of his work in you know both within video games and even in the world of anime because he's really quite a prolific composer. He's amazing. And yeah, he's he's such a talent. Definitely, I think, an inspiration. So
1: Gravity Rush does kind of seem to be this magnum opus as far as maybe the exposure that it got, the popularity of the music and the quality of it. It really did seem like he was reaching maybe like a new apex. So it'll be fun to kind of to to move into that. That we're gonna get to that near the end of the episode. So what we what you guys heard playing in, we're actually breaking the rules a little bit. We played in with a piece of music that was not from a video game. This is actually from an anime called Gulliver Boy, and I believe this uh, dates back to about the mid '90s. Here, this is a series of anime that Kohei Tanaka composed. This is Gulliver's theme, and I found this soundtrack. Uh, Maybe about a year ago, and I've just been really enjoying it I've listened to it a lot he He really did some phenomenal work uh in anime and it's cool every once in a while you can hear these similarities to things like gravity rush and, and you know that kind of music he he was working on he was composing that kind of music you know twenty years ago um and it just kind of the video game technology had to maybe catch up to to him so so Kohei Tanaka is I think he's in his 60s, so he's a very seasoned composer, really an orchestral master. It'll be fun today to to play some early examples of non-orchestral music, some chip stuff as we move into uh, as we move into his bag, the orchestral stuff. So all right, let's get let's get going here. We're going to start off with one of the first things he worked on. I think we're skipping a couple early titles, and we're going to start off with Paladin's Quest for the Super Nintendo. Uh, And I believe this had a title of Lennis in Japan, if I'm not mistaken. So Paladin's Quest for the Super Nintendo. We're going to play Battle on the Plains, composed by the wonderful Kohei Tanaka. Awesome. You guys are listening to Battle on the Plains. What a solid theme. It's so fun listening to his work on the Super Nintendo because he has such a clear sense of melody and orchestration. And you really can connect the dots to, to imagine what this would sound like with an orchestra. It's fun because his, his composition, he's not really sacrificing anything here working on the SNES. He's, he's, he's writing with just as clear of thought as he would on the
0: orchestra. And it's, it's a real treat. Yeah, absolutely. There's so much happening in a, in a piece like this that I think is definitely indicative of some of his later work. And I guess just the style of film score, uh, game score, you know, television score in Japan, um, th- there's a certain robustness and an en- energy to like an action type cue that this really reminds me of uh, i think the the harmonic palette you know like in terms of the chords he's using it's it's constantly that fine balance of something that's surprising and maybe a little bit unexpected but also satisfying and 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 functional in terms of the emotions that it's trying to convey like one of the principal chord things that's happening is you know we start with like this major chord but then we move to a minor chord built on the flat 7th scale degree so it's something that you know it's not really modal it's not really uh, tonal it's not you know like in a major scale or anything. right it's just very free there's a sense of freedom here that mm-hmm. makes sense you know he, he's
1: been already working at this point you know for for a decent number of years in, in film and anime so he's already a very seasoned talented composer even at this time so he really is ahead of the curve and really it did it did seem like the technology of video games had to catch up to to his abilities right one, one thing that's really interesting is we are going to get some very early examples of orchestral Video game music uh, in this episode, which is going to be a real
0: treat. So, so will should we move
1: on to something orchestral already?
0: Why don't we? You know, it's something that it. I thought was really interesting about that track we just played is even though it was on the Super Nintendo, mm-hmm. the style of writing, not just in the way that he wrote for all the instruments, but some of his rhythmic sensibilities and kind of how he filled up the texture, you know, you can just tell this guy has command of the orchestra. He's got chops for days.
1: All right, we're going to move on to a game that came out a year after Paladin's Quest. So that was 92. This is 1993. This is a game called... Tengai Makio Fun Kabuki-Den, and this is a game that was released for the TurboGrafx CD, and it was published by Hudson. And what's really interesting is this is 1993, and I guess maybe I, I just am not aware of these early TurboGrafx CD titles, but this has a couple of pieces of orchestral music on the CD, and this is so early. Because I was aware that in the mid-90s, that was when we first started to see fully orchestral soundtracks, things like The Lost World, uh, Michael Giacchino. And and I thought, I I always heard that that was the first fully orchestral soundtrack, and maybe it was, but apparently years before that, there, there there were games that had at least a few, maybe like an opening and an ending, like they had room for a few recorded
0: orchestral tracks, and then the rest of it is Chip. Well, it makes sense that if there were to be an obscure game that has orchestral music at that time, it would have been on the TurboGrafx-16 CD. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So let's take a listen to a wonderful
1: track called "Kyo Travels, composed by Kohei Tanaka. Here we go. You guys are listening to Keio Travels from Ten Guy Makio for the TurboGrafx CD composed by Kohei Tanaka. <laughs> this is just so wonderful because this just feels every bit as exciting and authentic and expressive as, you know, his work in Gravity Rush which would come like twenty years later. Uh,
0: it's just it's just wild. Will what are your thoughts on this track? I absolutely adore it. I love his orchestral writing, the energy that's created right off the bat with the sort of Um, Not march rhythms, but there's some incessant ostinati underneath in the strings that have that great duality of feeling orchestral and symphonic in nature, but also influenced by pop music and jazz and those kinds of more syncopated rhythms. And just a beautiful harmonic palette, you know... You could some people might describe it as, as jazzy, but it's that wonderful, dreamlike, just very indulgent sense of harmony, beautiful mm-hmm. melodies. And wonderful orchestration. I love uh, that first bit at the beginning, those kind of dense, clustery harmonies in the trombones. It's, it's a beautiful sound, and then things transition into the strings, and we have this lovely oboe solo, and right. then more brass comes. It's just wonderful.
1: Yeah, it's a beautiful composition with wonderful orchestration, and it just has that 90s orchestral sound, really positive, uh, colorful, imaginative sound. The way that it's recorded, you can kind of tell it's in the 90s, you know, there's just a lot of reverb on it, and it just feels really really good uh, in your bones, you know, the music and the overall sound of the orchestra. It's just just wonderful. Very reminiscent of his anime work. And later on in the episode, we are going to play one more example of his anime work. We wanted to have a little bit of time dedicated to that, but that really could be an episode in and of itself because he's done so much there. So, all right, Let's move. Let's move on because we got a lot of great music to get to. So now we're going to move on to another game that starts with uh, Ten Guy Machio. This is called Ten Guy Machio Zero, and this came out for the Super Famicom. So we're going back to that SNES sound here, and we're going to play two tracks from this game. This is a wonderful soundtrack, and this was a title that he shared duties with a few other composers. And the other composers were responsible for the majority of the soundtrack. And it seems like Kohei Tanaka was brought in uh, to just do maybe a handful of more serious pieces that really stretched out and, and added some, some orchestral legitimacy to the soundtrack. So when you hear his compositions, it, it you know especially in the, that second one we're going to get to, it really feels like some of the most legitimate orchestral style writing on the Super Nintendo. So, really excited to get to this. Let's start things off with Overture from Ten Guy Makio Zero, composed by Kohei Tanaka. You know, Kohei Tanaka is so at home writing for video games because another thing he's really talented at is writing really catchy pop songs or jazz vocal (laughs) songs. And so you kind of hear that energy in a lot of his music. And for video games, luckily, that's able to come together when you think about something like Gravity Rush. One reason it was so exciting is because you had these rousing, beautiful orchestral pieces, but then you had these more smaller ensemble jazz vocal pieces. And he's able to flex
0: both of those muscles. And a track like this, I really hear all of that influence. It's such a good point, Carl, that he is a a melody-centered composer, and I think that's one of the reasons you and I love and respect him so much. Something that I just so admire about a track like this, especially... Uh, Going from that piece that was just on the TurboGrafx CD with the full (laughs) orchestra I love that he doesn't bring kid gloves to the Super Nintendo His writing is, it seems completely unchanged He's really writing for an orchestra And implementing it in a very faithful and I think impressive way on the SNES And what I mean by that is that, well I think we're all very familiar with A lot of orchestral style Music on the Super Nintendo There's so many great RPG scores And you think of even you know Link to the Past and Final Fantasy Chrono Mm -hmm. Trigger There's incredible um, music On the Super Nintendo that's meant to have that Orchestral palette but what I think is Different about the way that Kohei Tanaka does It is it really feels Like he's writing for an orchestra in terms Of all of the doubling and His use of you know low brass And every group and member of the orchestra is really represented and that doesn't always happen on the Super Nintendo You know, you'll have some approximate string sounds and maybe oh that sounds like a trumpet or you know Maybe there will be like a drum or, or, or something Uh, but it it tends to be a little bit more of a homogenous sound that sounds vaguely orchestral but in this instance it it sounded like so complete and meticulously orchestrated it was really charming and it it almost made me laugh at first Mm -hmm. how much it really represented a real orchestra yeah and I'd love to shine
1: a light on some of this obscure Super Nintendo music that really was paving the way um, for you know authenticity in this era when it was really hard to do that and And there's a lot of composers that get more credit for that, composers like Yuzo Koshiro and Yasunori Mitsuda. But I always love to shine a light on these obscure titles that were really pushing the boundaries of what was possible on the Super Nintendo to create orchestral music. Now, what's interesting is this came out in 95, so this is a little bit later than some of his earlier titles on the Super Nintendo. And since there were other people working on it, I have a feeling he was just in charge of the composition. And it was other people that had to implement this. And maybe that's why it sounds so good. Right. Because people are are maybe having more specialized roles. Well, let's play one more track from this ten guy Machio Zero. And this track is just very impressive. It takes a while to get going, but it's just very exploratory and mysterious and beautiful. And there's some sounds uh, on this track that, oh my gosh, really wow me. Let's take a listen to The Master of the Flying Ship, composed by Kohei Tanaka. just stops me in my tracks you guys are listening to the master of the flying ship from tengai makio zero for the super famicom composed by the wonderful kohei tanaka i don't know about you will but i think this is definitely the most impressive track we've heard so far today and it's doubly impressive that it's you know was achieved on the super nes
0: hardware this just blows me away Yeah, it's interesting. And I think, unlike that last Super Nintendo track we heard, this feels like something where it doesn't even feel like it's always trying to approximate real instruments. You know, some of those very creepy ambient pad sounds. They sound synth in nature, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily want those to be actual, you know, orchestral strings Well,
1: it reminds me of 80s, 80s, 90s um, Japanese anime music or Japanese film music uh, You know, you have that mixture in a lot of that music where you have synth and pads And then maybe a couple solo real instruments on top of it yeah. And that's what this sounds like here
0: Well, yeah, there's some really daring music here too. Stuff that almost sounds like polytonality, where Mm -hmm. these lush kind of jazzy, you know, minor ninth chords, and it's really beautiful um but it it's that juxtaposed with that almost like piccolo kind of melody that's sometimes very much at odds with the chord and it's a really interesting flavor i was very much reminded of some of yasunori mitsuda's work in chrono trigger um just i think some of the chords and that kind of interesting eclectic mix of you know synth elements and vibey stuff with orchestral sounds Uh, But, yeah, this definitely, I think, is just a complete lost uh, 16-bit gem. It's crazy to me also that, like, while Kohei Tanaka was doing this, he was also writing orchestral music for anime, like... You know, it wasn't like an evolution where you know he started working in games and eventually was given the keys to the kingdom and able to write this orchestral music. Well, that's
1: what I'm saying. That's why it really does feel like the technology had to (laughs) had to match him because he was sending in these amazing compositions. And I assume these other you know engineers were having to, oh my gosh, how are we going to make this work on the Super Nintendo? But I gotta say they did a bang up job because this just sounds phenomenal. So so far, that would be the track to beat. Uh, for me, let's see if we can beat it though. Uh, let's move on to another title on the Super Nintendo. This is Bounty Sword. Really cool soundtrack. I do want to give one shout out to the wonderful website mobygames.com. If it wasn't for that website, we wouldn't have any of this crediting. Uh, you know, we wouldn't be led to these soundtracks because his Wikipedia is incredibly lacking for video games. It only lists, you know, Gravity Rush and a, and a couple others, but he did a lot of work that for some reason you have to dig to find. Um, And luckily, Moby Games has a really good uh, extensive list of his his video game work. So thanks to them. This is Bounty Sword. Let's take a listen to the main theme. And this is for people that are longing for the old, uh, triumphant, happy days of the 80s and 90s film score. That's really what this sounds like to me. It's really rousing and fun. Let's take a listen to the main theme. gifts that Kohei Tanaka has and you know coming from all these years working with with the real orchestra is his quickness and his fluidity moving between different sections different ideas in a way that doesn't feel jarring or random it feels very natural and it reminds us of you know other orchestral masters of you know years past and the way that he's able to bring that authenticity and that excitement to the Super Nintendo is just delightful and it's a breath of fresh air this type of orchestral writing is I will say it's very different than a lot of his peers on the Super Nintendo because it's so clear that he knows the, that he knows what he's doing and he has these these big ideas and they're being condensed right. to the Super Nintendo but because of that You know, this is one of those examples where I don't really hear as much of the limitations in
0: timbre. I'm just so impressed by the actual musical ideas themselves. Right, I think that's a really good point. I'm glad that you brought up sort of his swiftness, because I think that's a very important skill for someone who's scoring film or television, because oftentimes, you know, you have... 10 or 15 seconds Yeah used emotions the music change on to c- the dime Completely yeah c- create the Atmosphere of a place and then dial down Underneath dialogue and so it's like y- You need to make every second count And sometimes you maybe only have five Seconds or it needs to you know fit the the pace of the action on screen it's the composer is doesn't have the liberty for the the film or the visuals to acquiesce to their music they kind of have to create something that can work with what they've been given and for so sure. a composer's ability to kind of ride those waves turn on a dime but also the the best composers you don't necessarily feel those uh, you know, stop and start transition points. It feels right. natural musically. And what's so interesting about Kohei Tanaka is I think he's so good at that, that even when he doesn't have to do it, that's sort of his mode of composition.
1: Yeah, that's that's what he prefers. And And this is a great example that this is the main theme. This probably doesn't have to have as many changes as it does, but you know, I don't think anyone would complain.
0: I think, imagine right. well, I mean, if you're I mean, even designer, think about like the Gravity Rush theme, how it, you know, it starts with this beautiful orchestral statement and then it goes into almost this, this like reggae kind of groove with guitar sure. and... It, well, yeah, I mean, I, again, it's like, did it need all those
1: changes? Probably not, but... But imagine being a designer of the game and hearing that, like, you're not going to turn that down. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's really rare that you're able to get a piece of music that has that much contrast, but it works really well. Okay, well, let's move on to, I believe, another game for the TurboGrafx CD. And there were some real recorded pieces of music. I actually opted for playing a couple of tracks that uses that use the Graphics chip here, because I really, I wanted to hear how he approached that. Um, and man, it's really, really cool. So let's play a couple tracks from Kuzo, Kagaku, Sekai, Gulliver Boy. So this is related to that series of uh, anime that we actually played in with, Gulliver Boy. So let's take a listen to the opening uh, composed by Kohei Tanaka using uh, the sound chip of the Turbo Graphics. Here we go. is so delightful you guys listening to the opening from kuzo kagaku sekai gulliver boy for the turbo graphics
0: this is totally my pick for track of the week Carl. yeah
1: i can't argue with that it was such it was such an exciting discovery when i found this because i was you know hoping to find uh you know these obscure games uh you know some some music for it and i was able to and i first listened to some of the recorded music and it was good um, but it really did remind me of, you know, other anime and other things that I've heard. And then I listened to this stuff, the the kind of more BGM stuff with the chip, and I was just delighted. Uh, he's definitely approaching this in a different way, writing in some ways idiomatically for this, this sound chip here. And this is just amazing video game music. It's classic old-school 8-bit
0: goodness. Right. <laughs> well, remember that, Carl, that theme song he did... For that one Japanese show That it has like lyrics And it's sung And it's really plucky And cute This kind of reminds me of that
1: Yeah that's One Piece is one of the more uh, Kind of beloved series That he's worked on And that's a really good point Well this definitely Reminds me of that This is kind of more Of his pop Jazz uh, You know Very sunshiny style of Kohei Tanaka that he's also also known for. He's definitely dabbled in that style uh, a lot. So before we commit to this as track of the week, I do think we should wait and play the second track we're going to play because this is... This might even be better. It's hard to say. Let's let's decide maybe after this. So let's play one more track from this game. This is Gulliver's Theme, and although it has the same title as what we played in with, it is a totally different uh, melody, totally different piece of music. Let's take a listen to Gulliver's Theme from this Turbo Graphics game by Kohei Tanaka. This is so good. You guys listening to Gulliver's theme from Kozo Kuzo Kagaku Sekai Gulliver Boy. And oh how I wish I would have found this out before our turbo graphics episode. <laughs> because this music would have been the you know track of the week on that episode. This is so good. Some of the best music I've ever heard composed for the turbo graphics. It's just delightful. This is very different than the opening because this feels like orchestral music, you know, again, condensed to um, the turbo Graphics, and the opening felt like more maybe idiomatic um, chip writing. So, Will, what are your thoughts on
0: this? I think this has to be track of the week. If for no other reason than that opening string notes... Yeah,
2: it's so good. It's
1: wonderful it's amazing yeah and i i want to go back to this to this gulliver boy soundtrack and play more and what i what i should have probably done is i think there was an actual recorded orchestral arrangement of this gulliver's theme as well so i it would have been nice to maybe do a medley of that but maybe i'll i'll do that in, in a future episode what a wonderful theme what a wonderful uh game that is so yeah that's going to be track of the week this week <laughs> And we wanted to to maybe have track of the week be something that's a little bit more obscure, um, kind of a discovery, something that hasn't been showcased before. So, all right, let's keep going. We're now going to move on to the era of the Sega Saturn. And one of the video game series um, that Kohei Tanaka is most known for is the Sakura Tyson series, which in English is Sakura Wars. Now, there is also an, a series of anime uh, that... That shares this name uh, But this is video games here And this first one was released for the Sega Saturn As well as I think maybe like the PS1 or Dreamcast And we're going to play one of the main themes of this series uh, We want you to stick around for the playout Because uh, I think the definitive main theme of the series We're actually going to be playing out today The episode But this is another one that's really good It's called Try Your Best From Sakura Tyson Composed by Kohei Tanaka there is a lot of notes flying at your face in this track. You guys listening to Try Your Best, just a flurry of notes on this one. This is from Sakura Tyson, the first game in the series. I believe this is the Sega Saturn version you're hearing now, composed by Kohei Tanaka. Um, This has kind of like a 90s, like, Wild West feel to it. Like, it kind of reminds me of, like, Back to the Future 3 or something like that.
0: Totally. (laughs) I can can definitely hear that. I love the energy, uh, the kind of, like, pop orchestra kind of sound. <laughs> you know, what's interesting is Kohei Tanaka definitely has a distinctive compositional style, but he's also very versatile. And sure. I mean, within a specific piece of music, we've talked about his ability to completely implement different genres and even have different sections. But what I love is uh, a track like this feels distinct among the pieces that we've played so far today. It really Just does. In terms of its kind of pointed, rhythmic character and all the sort of syncopated 80s sounds. Any Kohei
1: Tanaka fans who haven't checked out his his work on the Sakura Tyson series definitely do it because... He goes off in a lot of directions that we don't hear in in other series. You know, there's a lot of emphasis on on pop songs and smaller ensemble stuff, like actual jazz. And there's some cool performance. And I have a feeling that he might be playing piano on some of this stuff because it seems like it's all like MIDI uh, captured. Um, so, it's just, it's just a really fun side of Kohei Tanaka. And every once in a while, there's actual recordings, you know, maybe for like an ending theme. Um, he would, you know, make a full, fleshed out pop song. So, it's wonderful stuff. We're going to go back. We'll, we'll play a couple more tracks in that series as we progress. But now we're going to move on to. Uh, so, for the most part, we're going chronologically, if you haven't um, noticed that, based on his uh, video game work. This is a game for the PS1 called The Grand Stream Saga. And this was also worked on by some quintet composers. So we did feature uh, this soundtrack on our quintet episode, and we mentioned even on that episode that Kohei Tanaka worked on this. So this is one of the tracks he contributed, and it's one of the few actual orchestral recordings that, that this game saw. This is Land of the Skies, World of the Setting Sun from the Grand Stream Saga. You guys are listening to Land of the Skies, World of the Setting Sun from the Grand Stream Saga, which was developed by, um, ex-quintet employees under, a, I think, a different name. This is composed by Kohei Tanaka. It's one of the actual recordings that was contributed. Most of the soundtrack is MIDI, uh... This is so good. And this this is an example of Koei Tanaka coming in to add emotion and depth and legitimacy right. to this project. And he's not approaching this any different than he would, uh, you know, one of his film scores, one of his anime scores. Oh, no, yeah. Uh, just
0: very serious stuff. Completely, yeah. Really pulling out all the stops, especially at the beginning. Just this full... Wild orchestral sound With a Mm -hmm. lot of dissonance And raw emotion and energy And then I like how everything Sort of To how everything sort of comes down and it starts to function more as underscore and create right. this great mood. That's an element of musical composition that I don't think gets enough attention uh, is writing underscore and kind of supporting narrative, even if music isn't the central focus. Sure. Um, it, it's It's something that's very challenging to do as a composer. And I think it's Um, In my own, you know, limited experience, those are the moments that I tend to be the most proud of uh, when you write something that kind of helps with the narrative and the emotion, but it is not necessarily like noticed um, front and center. Well, it's a very humble thing. uh, And a
1: lot of filmmaking has that quality where you work really hard so that nobody notices it. And it it is a very, um, you know, honorable thing. And, And it's not something that we get to focus or appreciate that much on this particular podcast. So it's nice when we have examples like this, because, you know, a lot of video game music, maybe nowadays that's that's changing, but for the majority of the history of video games, you didn't have this type of underscore where it's like constantly evolving and changing. Uh, usually you just have, you know, a piece of BGM that that loops, you know, so it is fun to be able to focus on this different style of composition. And Kohei Tanaka is a master of it. All right, let's move on to another PS1 game that Kohei Tanaka worked on. This is Alundra. And let's take a listen to a very tragic piece of music that has some, I think it's it's trying to be a harp here. Very tragic stuff from Alundra. This is Requiem. Composition. You guys are listening to Requiem from Alundra, composed by Kohei Tanaka. It's nice to listen to his MIDI music from this era, too, because obviously he's great at coming in and bringing in these recordings, you know, performed by real orchestra, but here he's showing that he's also able to write really effective, um, you know, sequenced music, too. This is so gorgeous, and really what this is, is I think it's trying to be this kind of duet. It starts off with this duet uh, with acoustic guitar and harp,
0: and then eventually we get some strings that are added. Will, what do you think about this Requiem? I think it's absolutely beautiful. This would have been another pick of mine for Track of the Week. I mm. love the melody. I love the mood and the instrumentation and how subtle it is. I mean, is. We've seen a lot of examples of Kohei Tanaka, Really being versed in kind of a, a riled-up orchestral flair, with you know, you know, pulling out all the stops and all the instruments on display, very flourishy and rhythmic and powerful. But then something like this that is is so subtle and intimate and and moodful and evocative. It's, it shows his range, doesn't his, it? His range, but also his incredible attention to detail as a composer, and again, how m- melodically driven he is. Every one of the pieces we've played. Yeah. I think has a very distinctive melody and is memorable and unique because of that. It doesn't all just sound sort of samey. I think he really works hard on crafting these themes, whether it's for, you know, a more pop song or a jazz style song, something kind of plucky and fun, like that opening from the Gulliver Boy game, or uh, you know something rousing and orchestral. He he really clearly takes the time to compose these melodies thoughtfully, and yeah, I mean I think that's the key to so much of his success is how incredibly enduring and memorable his melodies are.
1: And we we do want to mention that we had to, unfortunately, skip over a lot of effective pop songs in his career, uh, and he's done a lot of them, and that's another thing he's known for. We are going to be able to feature, I think, one more kind of small ensemble song with with vocals uh, near the end of the episode. So that is a facet that uh, he's also very talented at. But now let's go back to that sound that Will was <laughs> alluding to a few minutes ago, the really big, bombastic, exciting orchestral sound where he pulls out all the stops this is from sakura tyson 2 beloved you must not die and again this is has a very same uh, very similar palette to what we heard in the first game so it's, it's definitely general midi here um but you know he's trying his best to make it feel expressive let's take a listen to final battle from sakura tyson 2 composed by kohei tanaka track has a wonderful use of piano mixed in with the orchestra and it would be very fitting for a final battle in a video game you know a lot of times when you hear uh, bombastic climactic action music the piano is a very big element of that you know whether or not you're having like maybe like a low bass ostinato that's doubled with piano on the left hand or you have those flurries uh, that that on the right hand that, that you just heard there um this is very intense very epic this piece in total is over eight minutes long so I definitely recommend you guys listening to this whole thing Um, but this is so impressive Uh, you know the sounds that he had in this series are very limiting Um, this kind of general MIDI stuff it doesn't hold up as, as well nowadays but one thing that does hold up are these actual compositions and I would I would love to hear some sort of like rearrangement um, project Taking some of this Sakura Tyson music And hearing it with the real orchestra Because the music definitely deserves
0: that Absolutely I, I love that sort of descending chromatic piano figure <laughs> Yeah, it's great Very, again, intricately crafted It's not just, you know, the same yes. sequence of three or four notes that's transposed It It, it really feels like every single note is purposeful Uh, And there's something really effective about that traditionally in classical music. When we hear, you know, descending chromaticism, it makes us think about death or or sadness or or, or, or someone falling Mm -hmm. um, in opera that is sometimes used as sort of like dramatic reinforcement well, of Will, a tragedy.
1: Y- well, you know what I'm noticing is I think this episode would be a really nice, almost educational episode for someone who doesn't have the exposure of video game music to try to get them transitioned into being able to listen to music that from an audio point of view sounds really bad, but trying to hear past that and just listen to the music. Because if you think about today, we've heard actual really nice high-budget big budget recordings of an orchestra. We've heard crappy chip stuff that just these bleeps and bloops. We've heard something like this, which is general MIDI, but the consistency in his composition is phenomenal. And in some ways this would be a nice episode for someone to like, by the end of this episode, hopefully you're able to see past, you know, the, the timbres and just really
0: listen to the clarity of thought here. Carl, I'm so glad you said that. And I think it's something that you and I take for granted because we've done this podcast for so long. And I think as composers, we, we, try to train ourselves, I think a little bit to be more conscious of things like melody, harmony, rhythmic structure rather than sound. Mm -hmm. Um, but, I think it's a good reminder to all of us to be very thoughtful about what aspects of the music we're responding to. Mm -hmm. Um, For instance, like if you hear a melody in a harp, you might think like, Oh, it sounds, you know, it almost sounds like falling rain or it sounds very light or angelic, but then you could have that same theme in, you know, let's say all bassoons or low brass, and it might have a different character. And I think it's good for a discerning ear to be able to tell the difference between, is it the instrument? Is it the timbre? Or in this case, the virtual instrument or a synth sound? Is that what's giving me the impression of my emotional character? Or is it actually the melody against the harmony? Is it, is it the specifics of the music? Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that I feel very passionate about because it, it always sort of upsets me when people say like oh this just sounds so bad what a bad piece of music and right. they're really just talking about the timbre or the, or the sound of the production well I'm excited to move
1: on to another game in the Sakura Tyson series this is for the Game Boy so this is Sakura Tyson GB and it came out I believe in 2000 Um, for the Game Boy Color, also composed by Kohei Tanaka. We're going to play a beautiful piece of Game Boy music here. We don't have a title for this pretty obscure game. This is Track 5 from Sakura Tyson GB. listening to track five from sakura tyson gb composed by the wonderful Kohei tanaka whether or not he's on the game boy the turbo graphics or standing in front of a real orchestra he tugs at the heartstrings
0: Absolutely. This is such a gorgeous melody, and I love the chords that are created. That arpeggio is so beautiful. And I love how unchanging it is against the shift in harmony. It creates for this lovely dissonance that really feels like it's just tugging at your heartstrings. It's one of my favorite emotional effects in music, when you can have sort of a... Uh, a a change in harmony that's almost like chromatic voice leading you know maybe let's say a major one chord turns to an augmented one chord but yet maybe we still are are voicing that natural fifth against and you have that like half step dissonance Or, or the same thing with like um, a major one chord to like a minor four chord, but again, still having that uh, fifth scale degree rubbing up against the flat sixth scale degree. Th- those kinds of dissonant moments um, are actually some of the most profound beauty in music, I think, where you almost have these two parts that are almost unaware of each other and both beautiful and independent. But when they come together, it's, to me, I don't know, it really stirs something inside me. It almost... Represents different characters or different people coming together, and it's amazing, so beautiful.
1: Well, we're gonna go back in the chronology just, just, just for one track here because we want to play another anime piece of music. This comes from the anime Mobile Suit Gundam, Eighth MS Team Report Two, and I think it's the mid, mid to late nineties. This was released. Let's take a listen to a piece of music called "Those That Live," composed by Kohei Tanaka. You guys are listening to Those That Live from Mobile Suit Gundam, blah, 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 a bunch of stuff. Piece of anime music here, not from a video game, but very closely related. I think it's worth talking about in an episode on Kohei Tanaka. You know, anime is really where he made a name for himself. He's done way more of that than than video games. So uh, in some ways, uh, this is just a very small sampling of his wonderful work
0: in anime. Yeah just beautiful such incredible music i mean again right out of the gate such rich beauty and all these incredible sections and i mean we're obviously just listening to the music out of context not seeing it with the visuals and the story and everything but i you can almost imagine it in your mind the music so detailed Right. And this
1: is a great example of evolving and changing on a dime, underscore, where it starts off very beautiful orchestral palette. And then about a minute in, all of a sudden, this rock band comes in and then it switches back and it's just really limber and it changes on a dime. Um, and, and so this was, I'm trying to remember, someone on our Discord server actually shared this track. Um, it might've been Aiden because I know he's a really big, uh, Kohei Tanaka fan. So anyway, uh, let's, let's keep going here. Let's move on to the third game in the Sakura Tyson series. And this is a wonderful track that we've played before. I think on a show and tell episode, I think I brought this in. This is called nightfall over Montmartre. And this really reminds me of like a Chopin nocturne. It's solo piano. It's very beautiful. Let's take a listen. on the nose is this. This is Nightfall over Mont Montmartre from Sakura Tyson 3. I think this was released for the Dreamcast, I believe, composed by Kohei Tanaka. Definitely him uh, on MIDI piano performance here. He actually made a small little flub near the beginning, but it's totally okay. This is just a wonderful performance, a wonderful composition.
0: It feels like it's maybe like an homage piece. Sure, yeah, a little bit of a pastiche to a specific sort of classical style but again such beautiful writing I mean this man is is an incredible talent it, it seems clear to me now more than ever after today's episode that you know there's really nothing that this guy can't do uh, every single task that's given to him he just you know, knocks it out of the park. And we we haven't even gotten to Gravity Rush. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the magnum opus, I think, of his career thus far.
1: So that's insane. We haven't even gotten there. We're almost there, folks. Let's move on to one more game he did, uh, I think, a year before Gravity Rush. This is Re- Resonance of Fate. And I think he only did a couple pieces of music, if I'm not mistaken. This is The Beginning of Eternity and. We discovered this after our Gravity Rush episode, and because we were clamoring for more of that vibe uh, music, and this definitely delivers. Let's take a listen. You know, well, I'm curious, and we'll talk more about this as we move on to um, the next title. But what other film composers and classical composers do you hear as potential influence or inspiration? To Kohei Tanaka's orchestral music
0: Well I hear Joe Hisaishi definitely And mm-hmm. possibly a little bit of Koichi Sugiyama mm-hmm. um, Other fantastic masters of Japanese film composition In <laughs> <laughs> uh, that sort of Japanese school Of very classically centered rich orchestration Yeah, um, Wonderful rich symphonic writing uh, but you know, you also do hear a lot of jazz and pop music. He seems like someone who's very uh, versed in all these things. If I had to compare him to like a, a Western, you know, American film composer, I'd probably compare him to Bruce Broughton um, because he's someone oh, who's a good call. also very melodically centered, incredible orchestrator, kind of versatile, jack of all trades. But he's written some really iconic, you know, TV show theme songs, and uh, yeah. he, he kind of reminds me of Tanaka. This track, particularly, I
1: could definitely hear some um, similarities to Bruce Broughton's style. That's a, that's a good call. Well, well, guys, we're very excited to move on to what we're considering maybe Kohei Tanaka's magnum opus thus far in his career. I don't know what he had for breakfast when he started working on this game, but this he just had. It seems like he had so much energy to, in heart and soul, to put into this project. This is Gravity Rush. And it was released for the PS Vita. And we're going to take a listen to the main battle theme of the game, which is our favorite track from the game.
0: This is the best thing he's ever written. I mean, it's a perfect melody. It's incredible orchestration. It's so high energy. And every single section is just Mm -hmm. masterful. The first time I heard this, it sounded like a a lost, you know, Super Mario Galaxy piece. Like, it's just amazing. It's
1: phenomenal. And how wonderful is it in the context of this episode to finally get to this point in his evolution and it's almost like he's potentially learning from all of those previous projects and building up to this, uh, really, in some ways, a climax. Let's take a listen to Resistance and Extermination from Gravity Rush. <laughs> What a master! This is perfect video game music. It, you cannot beat this. Resistance and extermination from Gravity Rush, composed by the master himself, Kohei Tanaka. This is um, really the best battle theme in the history of video game music. Ugh. I can't even believe this is a battle theme. You know, it's such it's such a ballsy choice because there's these moments in this this battle theme where things get very stripped down and restrained, and then it comes back and really reminds us of, you know, some of the underscore that he's done in the past but, gosh, such clarity
0: of thought, these melodies just cut right to your heart. Yep, absolutely. Uh, it really feels like a perfect piece of music. I mean, there, to mm-hmm. me, there there are truly so few um, pieces I hear that, like, check all my boxes and get <laughs> perfect 10 out of 10. 10 and, and out of 10. This, this is one of them, man. I mean, the orchestration, the energy of it, all of the melodies, I mean... He, that Oh my god, that bridge section that It's gorgeous
2: But then how he brings things back things that
1: main Motif at the end and then all right. The elements
0: are on top of each other and working
2: right. So well together we- yeah, layered it's,
0: it's very motivic and there's a lot of imitation Because you know you have the ba-ba-bum, ba-ba-bum, Right ba-ba-bum, Which is a, a motive that sort of runs Throughout, it's more pointed and rhythmic But then you also have the main sort of Lyrical theme And that's imitated you know we first hear it in the strings and then Mm -hmm. it's kind of imitated with the horns and brass and everything and yeah it's this wonderful soup at the end when all the themes come together and He also never stops his rhythmic momentum, you know, as soon as this piece starts, that driving force never ends And while a lot of Kohei Tanaka's music can sort of turn on a dime and have these different sections I think why this might be my favorite is because he's displaying all that sort of technical mastery But it's kind of it feels like it all has to happen in real time, you know, you, you, you can't stop moving it's all happening at a sprinting pace. And yeah, that's you, what's so impressive about it. That's a great
1: point. Well, and the sense of momentum that this piece has is phenomenal. And I think another reason why this is maybe the best thing he's ever composed is the melodies themselves really feel extra inspired and just just airtight. And it feels like, like you said, he he's using all of those techniques that he's learned over the years, and he's used to great effect in the past. But it's all coming together in, in a way in this piece that is just so magical. And if I had to show someone one piece of uh, Kohei Tanaka, this this would definitely be the one to show. All right, let's play one more track from Gravity Rush. And we did want to show a different side of Kohei Tanaka that was kind of lacking in our playlist. This is that kind of jazzy, fun, pop vocal side that he's also known for. This is Duse Shinundakara from Gravity Rush. Let's take a listen.
0: Back to back of resistance and extermination with this—it's <laughs> just—it's too much to take.
1: It's too much, you know. This is so different, uh, but it's almost equally as good as <laughs> as resistance and extermination. Like in this in this style, going for this kind of gypsy jazz Django kind of sound. This is. A track to beat
0: Like how How could you ever top this This is phenomenal Such a good melody I mean I love her Vocal performance we, We've talked I think usually Whenever we play this On the podcast We spend so much time Talking about how much He's nailing a sound mm-hmm. But I mean Forget that And just look at The music itself It's so well written This melody is so catchy and, and also memorable. the
1: orchestration and arranging you know the clarinet part right. the way that 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 fits in the second verse underneath the vocal is so playful a lot of interaction wonderful performance this entire band just is just nailing right. it. Uh, well, and yeah, I love the treat.
0: groove that sort of starts when her vocals come in, where you sort of have the hits on the strong beats, and mm-hmm. then on the upbeats, there's like this guitar strum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. There, there's this real kind of striking groove and energy to it that I think helps to accentuate the catchiness of the melody because it. I don't know. There's something about it that feels a little bit modern, almost emphasizing like a a four on the floor kind of a thing while still sounding retro at the same time. God, it's such a unique piece of music. There's really nothing else quite
1: like it. What a masterful composer and musician Kohei Tanaka is. All right, well, we're going to play the last track we'll, we'll discuss today. This is from Gravity Rush 2. And, you know, we tried our best to make this a fair playlist. We we could have, you know, obviously played like, you know, five or six maybe tracks from each of these Gravity Rush titles, but we've already done episodes on, on these soundtracks. So we wanted to really have enough room to showcase some of his earlier, lesser known work. So just one track today from Gravity Rush 2. Um, this is a beautiful piece of music called The Area of the Magic. Let's take a listen. <laughs> You know, Kohei Tanaka, especially in Gravity Rush 2, is really letting his imagination run wild. Uh, this music is very different than the palette he established in Gravity Rush. There's a lot more, uh, you know, diverse world music influences that we hear in Gravity Rush 2. Um, but the quality of composition and orchestration and production is absolutely top tier. Uh,
0: this, this is just masterful video game music totally we talked about this when we did an episode on Gravity Rush 2 yep uh, but uh, this has to be one of the best pieces in the game i just i love I think the so. energy i i can almost picture you know like witches dancing around a cauldron Ooh. uh and the use of woodwinds is just so delightful it, it's like it's just it's kind of evil but scrumptious and charming mm. and Oh, I, I can't say enough about this piece. I remember we sort of really dug into it and tried to dissect it on that episode. Yeah,
1: and you guys should listen to that episode if, if you're a fan of <laughs> Gravity Rush 2 and you haven't haven't heard our take on it. Uh, we've also done a uh, Gravity Rush 1 episode 2. But um, yeah, so what's interesting is, you know, this the, the title of this track is The Area of the Magic, and... I could also hear this fitting really well in the Harry Potter series.
0: What do you think, Will? Oh, that's a good point. You know, yeah, it definitely does make me think of, like, witchcraft and stuff. Absolutely. Well,
1: guys, this was a wonderful episode, a treat for us to get to listen to some of the best music composed in the last, you know, more than 20, 30 years. This is just such a master here. We want to thank Tony for your support. Hopefully you enjoyed this Patreon episode, and if anyone wants to support us on Patreon, that's really the best way to do it. We have some fun rewards, one of which is uh, you get to suggest an episode topic that we record and it's a really good win-win because there's some topics that you know over the years we never would have thought of and also you guys seem to enjoy it too um, to hear our take on music that you love we're going to play out with another track from sakura tyson this is really the main theme of the series it's declaration imperial floral assault group very fun piece of music by kohei tanaka stick with us next week guys we have a fun halloween themed episode and then we're going to be moving into one of our favorite times of the year nintendo
0: month yeah i'm so excited for the release of super mario odyssey which is Cannot coming wait. out at the end of this month actually and mm-hmm. so that will definitely <laughs> definitely get me in the mood for oh, yeah. a full month of nintendo goodness we've got a lot of cool stuff in store in the upcoming weeks and months to come so we appreciate you for joining us and we want and we want to once again thank tony and all of our incredible patrons uh over at patreon Mm -hmm. episodes like this are made possible literally because of all of your generosity and we could not do this show without the support of all of our patrons and just the support of all of our incredible listeners so thanks so much
1: we also have a really fun, um, active community on Discord. So if you're interested in joining the fun, you can find uh, Invite Code on our Twitter and Facebook, and it should be active, at least for, if you're listening to this episode, maybe for a few more days. Um, and so that's that's just a great way to kind of nerd out. If you have any questions or suggestions, that's just a great place to kind of talk about games and music. So yeah, we'll play you guys out with this Sakura Tyson track. Thanks so much for joining us. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm Will Brueggemann. Have a great week, everyone. Peace out.